This episode of The People of PCPS is brought to you through the generous support of Joe Fisher's office at MidState Educators Insurance. For more information, visit insurepolk.com. Welcome to The People of PCPS, a Polk County Public Schools podcast. This podcast is dedicated to telling the stories of teachers, paraeducators, support staff, students, volunteers, alumni, and all the people who contribute to Polk County Public Schools. Whether they're working in the school district, learning in our classrooms, or using their education to improve our community, the people are what make Polk County Public Schools great. Let's get to know our colleagues, our students, our neighbors, and our friends, the people of PCPS. Hello everyone, I'm Rachel Pleasant, the Senior Director of Communications here at Polk County Public Schools, and welcome to the People of PCPS. This is a podcast that we've created just to talk to the people of our, organ- of our organization, because we believe it's our teachers, our staff members, our students, our parents, our volunteers. It's the people of Polk County Public Schools who really make this organization great. And I am so excited to have with me today a person that I have been fascinated with for at least two years. Her name is Diane Everett. And uh, by day, you are a help desk. Uh, senior IT help desk. A senior IT help desk employee, but you have a whole other life that we're going to delve into today. So welcome, Diane. Thank you. Um, So first things first, you have one of those jobs in Polk County Public Schools. We are a massive organization, and there are many people who perform vital but somewhat unseen jobs. Um, The help desk being one of them. Can you just describe your day-to-day? What do you do on the help desk? Well, the help desk, we answer phone calls and help people with user IDs, any questions that they have. A lot of times people will call us and say, does this person work here? And then we'll send them to the people who can answer those questions. We don't have all the answers. Uh, We're a good team. We work together. We believe in kindness. So we're kind to each other. And I hope that that expels out other people. Um, we, I do a lot of documentation for SAP. And I trained SAP for a long time in school and then in the district office online in classrooms. Um, And that's kind of fading away with us unable to do one-on-one trainings right now. Um, But we're going to do some videos and keep that training going. And um, that's really what we do. We answer Genesis focus questions, Genesis when it was here and focus now. And so you're the person that people call sometimes. They they may get you on the phone or or one of your colleagues. Exactly. There's a roadblock in them doing their job that day, and they need immediate help, and you're the one who gets them that help, yes, right? Yes, and they call, and they're scared because if you don't know your password to get in, you have a problem, mm-hmm. and that's sometimes very exciting for people. So they call, and we help them with their passwords and yeah. um, just help them get through the day. I am one of those who can never remember my password, and I have personally experienced the kindness of the help desk many, 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 embarrassingly many times. So thank you for that. We don't have a wall of shame, so we don't put your name up there. This person's called. I am thankful for the no judgment zone of the help desk. Um, Diane, you have a... You view your role, you you are part of this big educational machine that is Polk County Public Schools, and you... But to you, it's not just a job. You view yourself as giving back to a cause and a purpose and and a um, an organization that really means a lot to you because of your family's roots in education, correct? Can you tell me about that? My family believed in being lifelong learners. So when we can get a good habit going or a good idea and we can follow it forward and make it have a result that's good, we can continue that process. And that's um, through education. It's through somebody teaching me what I don't know and me learning 
what I can teach somebody else, and we just pass it forward. So we pass that communication, that education forward. That's and so was that the inspiration for applying for this job and wanting to be here? No, I, I was actually moved into the job because of SAP. I kept asking, um, when's SAP coming? When When's SAP coming? And um, they said, well, not yet. And then eventually they just moved me from mainframe security into the SAP job. I guess because of personality, I'm not sure why, but yeah. I wanted it. And, and I was. But, but as far as being at the school district, in period, in general, it would be... For your, because of your families? Because of the education. I love education. I think that it's vital. I, we can't get anywhere without it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just how we move forward as people, as individuals. And then when you have a classroom, you move the entire classroom forward. You've got a yeah. collective going forward. And that's education's got to have it. You know, it's, it's knowledge is power. Mm-hmm. Um, not too much power, hopefully, yeah. but enough power to be helpful, <laughs> yeah. enough power to be useful. So the reason why you are so fascinating to me, though, is because when you're not answering SAP questions and p- helping people resolve their password issues, you are an incredibly accomplished artist in a very unique medium. Can you, for those, and we'll get some photos of your artwork and okay. include them in the show notes, but can you tell us a little bit about your journey to finding art and what it means to you? And what- I can. Uh, I was raised in Ohio, and the, during the summers, we wouldn't have school, but we would go take art classes. Um, so one of the things that I loved doing was taking those art classes, and I painted a picture that was red roses, or red roses on a on a white background, and the little boy next to me spilled his black paint in the corner of my white sheet of paper, and at first I went, hmm, that's not good, and then I went, well, I'll use that because I couldn't redo the entire thing. I was in the first or second grade, so I painted the background back black and then won first prize in the art show that we did. Wow. So I went, hmm, there are no mistakes in art. Mm-hmm. And I believe that, there are no mistakes in art, which then leads me to any other type of art. And what I do now is I work with roots, which are plants that have died. By all apparent evidence, they're dead. Um, and I'll pull them up out of the ground, and I'll turn them upside down, and I'll say, who are you? And I'll let that child imagination come out. And it sees something. And then we take that, we being all of me, the, the, everything that I am takes that and goes, okay, well, what can I make out of this? Yeah. And that's, again, that's that communication, that education moving forward. Um, and I find things in them. I find, uh, oh, I gave one to a friend yesterday who retired from the school board. It was a um, blue heron hunting. So it's a picture of a, or an image of a blue heron who's got a little beetle that he's kind of turned his head out and looking at, and he's going to eat it. That's blue heron hunting. And so we just make up names um, for our art, art, whoever the artist is, and we hope that the name matches the piece of art. And if it, the closer you get the name to the art, the closer you are to actually having something that somebody else can understand. So, so walk me through this. So you're out in your yard or your garden, and a plant has died. What kind of plant might it be? Uh, it could be anything from a blueberry plant, which I've killed many of because they're not <laughs> easy to grow, and I'm not a good gardener in that sense, um, to a uh, azalea plant. The plant that you like so much over at the art show yeah. was an azalea. Yeah. Um, and so you rip it out. And you buy the base so mm-hmm. that the roots stay in- attached and Correct. intact. Yes. And then you, so you see this intricate root system and you actually talk to the plant and use your imagination to see something. But then you you use a technique to help draw out that, yes, what you, you see. You have to clean it and then you take off what's not needed. 
it's a sculpting piece. So you're taking off what's not needed and what you have left is what you work with. So you, you carve with a knife or scissors yes. or? I use an X-Acto knife or a knife of some sort and I take the bark off uh-huh. so that there's no bark left. And then when you get to the intricate roots, it it dries out. You can actually twist the little root hairs off, um, which is fascinating to me. <laughs> that yeah. It work that way. And then um, you just see the image in your mind and get it as close to that image as you can. So how did you, I'm always fascinated how someone does that for the first time. Like what made you, the very first time you did this, what, like what were you thinking and like what inspired you to like, to, to work with the roots? Now it's your, your thing, but that first time it wasn't. The first time was um, I pulled up a blueberry plant. I had five of them and they were all dead. Uh-huh. Um, and I pulled the first one up and it looked like um, earth. It just looked like a tall tree that represented Earth to me. And I pulled up the next one, and it looked like wind because it had a long tail. And then the next one was fire. It looked like a little sprite of some sort looking up at fire. And then water came out. Mm -hmm. So I had earth, air, wind, and fire, which are the four elements, the basic four elements of everything. And that's how it happened. There's... So it's just a kind of a magical moment. Yeah, it is a magical moment. These plants dying and you happening to to pull them up by the roots. You've had incredible success as an artist. This you aren't. This isn't just a pastime. This is something that you've really made. Any? Can you tell us about your accomplishments? Yes, I've entered three art shows Mm -hmm. and I've won ribbons in all of them. Mm -hmm. Um, The last one was the one that you were at, and we took grand prize for that piece. That was called "And We Women," Mm -hmm. and it's after a wire ceremony that that I like to perform. I won a purse on that one. I actually got money for that, and I've sold a piece. I've had a commission piece. So now I'm allowed to call myself a professional paid artist, um, which is kind of cool, different. It's uh, I'm not going to stop working if I don't win prizes. I'm not going to stop doing this if I don't give them away. It's something that I'll do forever because they're always going to be there, and they're little guys. You know, they're my little guys. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And they're fun. It's fun to share them with other people. What do you feel when you're, what is that experience like? What what kind of emotions does working with the roots and creating something provide to you? It's a very personal experience. Um, you can go inside and let that child who we all have come out mm-hmm. and it gets to, she gets to express herself. Mm-hmm. She gets to say, oh, that's a pretty little root. Look at that face. Look at that eye. And so it's a, it's an inner conversation, a very personal experience. And at that point, I would call it a spiritual experience for me, yeah. um, just a connection with parts that other people may not see. But when I can see it, if I can get it clear enough, then you can see it too. Yeah. And that's the sharing part, the communication that comes out. You mentioned that your first um, artistic experience, that you or one of your early ones, was in Ohio, which another child spilled paint. And you said, well, there's no mistakes. I make... Do you think there's mistakes in life? Do you think, or oh, do you yes. think? Uh, <laughs> no, oh, okay. no, yeah. I've made mistakes. I've done things that I won't do again. Yeah. Um, but that's a learning process. And I think we all go through that. Yeah. As children, we make the same mistake twice. And the third time, we hope we don't make it again. Yeah. Um, but in art, when you're when you're doing that self-expression, I don't think you can make a mistake when you're expressing yourself artistically. Yeah. Um, how does being an artist, I mean, you would... To, on surface level, it would seem that you there's this dichotomy that is Diane Everett, that you are by day this IT help desk kind of, let's be honest, like kind of dry work. And then by night you have this rich artistic existence. But I don't think that they are probably, I don't think that they're mutually exclusive. Somehow these have to bleed into each other and to create the Diane that sits with me here today. How does being a IT help desk person influence your art? And vice versa, or how do they interact? The discipline that I get from doing IT work every day mm-hmm. is 
very grounding. And you have to be grounded. I think I have to be grounded when I do my art. Mm -hmm. um, and then the communication, that free flow of ideas mm -hmm. comes out when I'm talking with somebody on the phone because mm -hmm. there's no reason not to be kind. Um, and that generosity of spirit comes out, that generosity of we can do this if we do it together. Can you see what I see? Um, yeah. Do you understand what I understand? And then we get to that that point of communication where we succeeded in communicating, and, and it's just a complete circle at that point. Yeah. They feed each other. And that, they feed each other. Maybe the piece that you find in art, I would imagine your job can be very stressful. Mm. Maybe that helps you with the stress of it your does. job. It to, does. It does very have that much. release. Um, you also, you do a lot of work working with with women um, and creating opportunities for them to um, gather, to create music or or artwork of their own, or just to um, build a sense of community within with with one another. Why um, why is that something that you're passionate about? Why have you kind of taken that as another uh, cause in your life to to help other women? And I got turned on to that by the Florida Herbal Conference okay. and a community of women who are gardeners and okay. and just um, beautiful people, and they work together. Um, to create something, to create a garden, and life is a garden. So we um, we gather and we we make art pieces, we make dream catchers and rattles and drums and all sorts of fun things that people can then take home and use for themselves. Um, and then they share that with other people. So they're going to teach someone how to make a dream catcher, and they're going to teach someone how to make a rattle or a drum. And it can be as simple as putting rocks in a coffee can. That's a drum. Yeah. You can shake it as a rattle, and you can pound on it as a drum. So you can go from age one to age 65 yeah. and still have the same creative flow going. And women just touch each other so well in that communication area that it's just, uh, right. it works. How do you find, how do you notice, um, there are a lot of people, I think, just in general, a lot of people who maybe have a creative inclination or, or something in them that just the busyness of life and the, the, I have to do this, I have to do that, I have to go to my job, I have to take care of my kids, and they never tap into the whatever that, maybe that creative spark is, and it just kind of gets pushed farther down inside them. When you see people start to, to draw that out and, and express that, what happens to them as people? How do they change? They blossom, they grow, and their eyes start to glow, and they get a happy smile on their face, and there's a satisfaction and a fulfillment from creating things mm -hmm. that they get, and I get to watch them get it. It's like being in a classroom with SAP, and you can watch someone's light bulbs go on in their eyes when they get it. They yeah. got that, and they don't have to ask again because now they own that. And it's an ownership of self, I think. Yeah, um, that I like watching people come into. So you're an educator in your own right, and so in a different way in than different our classroom way. teachers. Um, what you're not, you're a, you are a artist who works with roots, but you're you kind of have all these other different type of creative avenues that you're exploring, including poetry. Can you tell us about that? When I was in the first grade, um, I didn't know how to read until I was in third grade. I had speech impediment and I had some uh, dyslexia. Um, so my education was slow to begin, but my first grade teacher, Mrs. Hurry, would take me down into her, into her office and she would say, okay, Diane, tell me a story. And I would tell her a story and usually I would use Clowny Bounty and Minky Monkey. They're my two stuffed animals. I still have them. Um, they were given to me by my grandmother years ago. And then she would type up the story and she would print it out in large letters so I could read it and I would read her back the story. 
I already knew the answers because I just made up the story. So I never got it wrong. Um, it was a very rewarding experience. And I told her one day, I said, someday I'm going to write a book. Yeah. And so I started writing poetry very early. Uh -huh. um, and I've kept most of the poems. Um, those I haven't kept, I'm rewriting. So I'm putting together a manuscript. And I found an editor. Mm -hmm. And we're seeing what we can do with it. Just And it's the process. I love the process. I may never publish the book. It may not go any further than it has already gone, but I'm enjoying that process. So we'll see what happens with it. It's kind of like a piece of art. You really don't know until you get to the end yeah. whether it's going to be something that's enjoyable. And if it's not, then I'll find another route or I'll pick a different medium. Um, but right now I'm really enjoying the writing. Is there a, a topic that you tend to write about more than? Personal growth. Okay. It's personal growth, being who you are, um, becoming who you are. You don't have your poetry with you today, but do you have a stanza, memorize, anything that you could share with us? The name of the book is going to be I Will Be Me. Uh -huh. And one of the first poems I ever wrote was, um, when I was born, she said to me, this is your life, who will you be? And I sat up proudly and said with glee, this is, well my, this is my life, I will be me. And that's the title of the book. That was one of my first poems. That's who you are. You That's are definitely you. you. <laughs> okay. um, what would you say that you, Diane, we ask everyone the same question at the end of this podcast. What, What is it that Diane Everett, this fascinating person, what is it that you think you contribute to Polk County Public Schools that no one else can? Because we believe that you, everyone gives something unique to this organization. I think we give ourselves. I think we give our, our true value and our caring mm -hmm. and our kindness mm -hmm. and that's a hard question, actually. Um, just our personality, who we really are, and that we care, and that... Um, well, I think you are a great example of someone who is always learning and that you embody the power of education, that you are, you through education, you can continue learning and growing and changing and becoming a poet <laughs> after you've done many other things or an artist by, you know, even in, in addition to your, your day job. So that's... Um, you kind of do embody the power of education, and I think you're a great example of what education can do to someone's life. So thank you for being thank you. a guest on this yeah, show and sharing it. your story. And I just, I love talking to you, Diane. So thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you. Did you change careers to become a teacher, para, or bus driver? Do you remember the moment when you knew a career in education was right for you? Are you a PCPS alumnus who remembers the teacher who made you believe you were capable of great things? Are you a student who is already putting your K-12 education to work in our community? We all have a story to tell, and those stories are part of what makes PCPS great. Tell us yours. To be a guest or to nominate someone you know to be featured on The People of PCPS, fill out the form posted online at polkschoolsfl.com forward slash podcast. Thanks for listening. You can subscribe to the People of PCPS podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, or watch online at the Polk County Public Schools YouTube channel. To learn more about the People of PCPS and other Polk County Public Schools podcasts, visit polkschoolsfl.com forward slash podcasts.